Hi, my name is Rebecca. This is what people want to see. And I am a super host. Complete lunatics. <laughs> Whose blood is that? Is that your blood? No, fuck you, man. Greetings and welcome back to the Dead Harvey Podcast. This is Brad. Uh, Ted is not here today because his computer died. He ordered a new one and we're still waiting on that to show up. So I thought I'd just check in like right around this time. This is later than when we usually do it, but uh, we check in about September movie stuff that we're looking forward to. So I'm just going to go over like the movies that I'm looking forward to the most. Now, a couple of them I've already seen. So we put it up together, this little list here. This one goes right to the top of the list because, of course, it stars Nick Cage. And it looks like... To be on par with the craziness of the last uh, few of his movies that have been coming out, on par with it, if not to exceed it. Maybe not exceeding the craziness of Mandy levels in the second half of that movie, but this one doesn't look like more like a straightforward horror, but it definitely looks like it has some horror elements thrown in with some sci-fi and then some kind of like Asian action elements in there. So Nick Cage is a notorious criminal who must break an evil curse in order to rescue an abducted girl who has mysteriously disappeared. Uh, so this also looks like it has some elements of kind of movie Fortress and some other sci-fi movies you've seen like that, where there's these devices that Nick Cage has all over his body that are basically like explosive devices, including ones that are like near his junk, where like even in the trailer where Nick Cage is like, you kidding me? You're going to put them there? But uh, Bill Mosley, who is a horror icon, of course, my favorite role of his being Chop Top in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. He's in the Rob Zombie stuff. A lot of other... Cool and iconic indie horror movies. He's in this as a guy who very much looks like uh, Colonel Sanders. Southern gentlemanly type uh, with some swagger. Well, not like your stereotypical villain role, but like the authoritarian figure, uh, you know, who basically puts Nick Cage in the in the bad position. Um, it sort of reminds me of also like Escape from New York, that kind of thing. This one's going to be a really good one. I would be surprised if it's not. Definitely a new, a new month means a new Nick Cage movie. And unlike... Seagal movies, most Nick Cage movies are worth watching. And I especially love how crazy the last couple have been. Uh, you know, Willie's Wonderland, where he's been fighting the animatronic puppets. Then you got Color Out of Space, which is a Lovecraftian one with the crazy-ass practical effects that were thing-style in the end of that. And then you have Mandy, of course, which is directed by Panos Cosmatos, which is the, the son of legendary director of Rambo and Tombstone and Cobra, George Cosmatos. Okay, let's move on to some of the other ones. Okay, now here's one that a lot of people have probably already seen already. This is Malignant, and I've been hearing a lot of different reactions from it. This is the new James Wan movie. James Wan, of course, famous for, most famous for Saw, you know, and then you got Death Sentence and then the Conjuring series, a bunch of other uh, horror stuff. Oh, now, of course, well, Aquaman, he made Warner Brothers a billion dollars with Aquaman. Now, this movie is so weird that I have a feeling, well, it's so kind of unconventional that I have a feeling that Warner Brothers just sort of gave him somewhere around $10 million and carte blanche to do whatever he wanted. Uh, a lot of people will, not a, not unexpectedly, a lot of people have different reactions about this one. I saw this one as soon as it came out on HBO Max. And what I would recommend for this one is, I mean, if you're a James Wan fan, I think James Wan's a really solid director. He's done a lot of good stuff in the past. If you're an Italian horror fan, and if you're a fan of James Wan, definitely check it out. Really cool thing I'll say about it is that James Wan is definitely one of us as far as, and by one of us, I mean like mutant weirdos that like, if you, if you watch Joe Bob Briggs' show and how they talk about how they're the mutant freaks that love uh, horror movies and everything. Um, he's one of us in the fact that he's putting some of these like 
weird B-movie horror elements into it, which some people don't react very well to. Now, uh, okay, so if you've seen Basket Case, um, you'll know what I'm talking about. The strange thing is, is that he tr- he tries to hide it. For, well, he, he hides it for most of the movie. But, you know, when you hear the title, Malignant, and then you see what's happening toward the beginning of the movie, you're going to pretty soon, you're going to figure out what's going on with it. So, and he doesn't, well, he goes like, so it starts out sort of like an Italian horror movie style where it's kind of straightforward. You got the killer with the glove hidden in the shadow and everything. And there's these murders happening. This woman can see these murders happening. And so everything changes to like a CGI uh, background around her. And then she's witnessing the murders in real time. And so there's this mystery killer. So this is a murder mystery thing happening with it. And similar to kind of like set up for a lot of, you know, Dario Argento movies or the Italian horror movies of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. How you have like the killer going along, except not as much of the Hitchcock uh, type of wandering camera shots like they do in the Argento stuff. But the glove killer, the setup, definitely like very similar to that. So you're kind of watching and thinking, well, this is like pretty standard. Um, But then, you know, like once... Uh, once they start putting the stuff your way and you're seeing what's going on with it. Uh, and then when it goes in towards the towards the end of the movie, I would say like probably like last half an hour of the movie, it just goes completely crazy, which I thought was awesome. That's like the whole basket case element that becomes fully shown uh, toward the end of it. Now, I think that this, I would recommend this movie for a matinee. If you like like crazy B movie stuff and you want to see a B movie with like a, with like a larger budget, that's really where this movie pays off on. A lot of people were saying that it has a lot of, um, they didn't like the acting for it very much. They thought the acting was really poor to it. I thought the acting was like a little bit more melodramatic. They were going for more of a melodramatic effect in spots. But I mean, a lot of people that were complaining about the acting in this movie, I don't know if they've seen some of the movies I have because (laughs) I, I didn't get, I didn't get that from it. Like a lot of people were saying, okay. Um, what else to say about this movie? Now, if they would have done this, now if you take a movie like Basket Case where they show you right out in the very front what's going on, you know automatically what's happening in that movie and they just sort of embrace it. If they would have done that with this movie, I would say full on pay a full price to see it in the theater. But because they sort of tried to make a couple different movies and one which I think is cool and I think this movie essentially is very experimental in that way. Um, but I just think it didn't. Some parts of it worked and some parts of it didn't because of that. If uh, Juan would have embraced the full-on looniness, he might he may have lost some people in the advertising because it would have been less mainstream in the advertising. But I think the the movie would have come across more like a complete love letter to B movie horror fans that way, or just like Gonzo craziness, like you'd see in the movie Basket Case, but with a higher budget. Um, so if he would have now, this is just of course my opinion, but if he would have done that, I would be full-on endorsing seeing this movie at the theater. But because it's more of like a hybrid and the gonzo craziness doesn't really happen until toward the end, I would say like bargain matinee or just check it out on HBO Max. Um, well, let's go to the next one. Okay, so, of course, Creep Show Season 3. That one, that's a no-brainer. You got Nicotero in charge of that. You got, uh, it always has like really cool actors that'll show up for segments in it. Um, I'm, I'll be curious to see who's going to be on there this year, but I will definitely, the only downside of this is that you got to watch it week to week of course some are better than others but it's definitely worth uh checking out and god bless nicotero for bringing back creep show uh and then of course we also have elvira's 40th anniversary very scary very special special that's coming out on shutter september 25th 
this is an excellent addition to Shutter because now, now uh, not only do you have Creep Show three, but you have Elvira coming back, and then Joe Bob's coming back next month to do his uh, drive-in special, and then of course the Joe Bob series got renewed. Uh, the last drive-in got renewed for another season as well too. So uh, there will be some cool stuff uh, on a monthly basis coming into Shutter after this. But I'm, it's great to see Elvira coming back for a show. Hopefully she can have some more regular installments on Shudder. Uh, this is the 40th anniversary and she's still looking fantastic. Okay, so here's some of the other ones on the list. Superhost. This one I saw, this one came out early in the month. The concept of this movie is fantastic. So you have like this hipster couple that are doing their own sort of like YouTube series of videos where they do these travel videos. And things aren't going really going well for them. And they've, of course, had some bad experiences in the past with people they've pissed off. They they go and they sort of interview these uh, super hosts. So they do profiles on super hosts. So if they talk shit about these super hosts, it'll, there'll be some blowback on them. But, of course, that increases their ratings. And so things have been sort of stale from them since the last person that they pissed off. And and so they're, they're not getting as many views as they'd like on their videos. So they meet this super host at this new place they go to and this girl is just crazy super host was done by the director of z and stillborn uh z i've seen it's about a kid that has an imaginary friend uh it's fucking creepy i mean it's worth watching it's kind of a slow burn but it's it's worth watching for the creepiness factor to it stillborn i have not seen yet the super host in this is played by gracie gillum and she is fantastic she pretty much makes this movie she is great um she is just so off the rails wacko but they, when they find out how crazy she is, uh, they decide, well, are we gonna, are we gonna kind of like egg her on, or are we gonna go the extra mile? Are we gonna not feel ethically opposed to this if we decide to kind of exploit her for how crazy she is? And then basically, like the history of this character, they're hiding something about it, which they reveal at the end. Also, of course, uh, appearance of Barbara Crampton coming in on this movie as sort of a side role is really cool. It's always great to see her. Uh, she just came out with a really cool watchable movie uh, a couple months ago called Jacob's Wife. Okay, so super host, great concept. But not a lot happens when the couple is there for at least the first half of the movie. It's pretty slow. Being with the concept of what it is and like how crazy this person is that they run into, I think they could have riveted that up quite a bit. To make it more interesting. It does build up pretty well towards the very end of it. But I would have liked to have seen more crazy stuff in it throughout. But, I mean, just for uh, just for what Gracie Gillum does alone in this movie, it's worth checking it out. And, and a fantastic concept that I think would be good for a lot of other... That could spawn easily a couple other sequels off of it. Uh, this couple, of course... this Here's one of this movie... Another thing this movie does, like a a good job of, which is some horror movies do like either intentionally or unintentionally is that the lead couple are this really like annoying hipster type. And they're so irritating. Well, at least they were to me that I was pretty much rooting for the super host to take them out. It's kind of like when you watch those horror movies and you're rooting for Jason or Freddy, it had that sort of effect on me, but you know, if you got shutter uh, worth checking out for the idea, especially if you're a filmmaker for pulling off like a, like a really cool idea that really I haven't really seen been done before uh, and in a way to do it in a really low budget too because of course it all takes place the, the majority of this one location there. And with like you know, only like four actors in the entire movie. So some really good pointers for just to, like, it's like a study for making a low budget movie to watch this one. Okay, so there's uh, some of the other ones that we put on the list. Now, none of these, or I haven't seen any of these. Um, so these are kind of like 
These are in no like particular order. Ted Bundy, American Boogeyman. Uh, that one came out already September 3rd on VOD and DVD. Intrepid FBI agents Kathleen McChesney and Robert Ressler organized one of the largest manhunts in history to apprehend America's most infamous serial killer, Ted Bundy. So, again, another movie about Ted Bundy. There's been a shitload of these coming out over the past couple of years. And there's one with uh, Elijah Wood that just came out, too, I think called Man of God. Apparently, these Bundy movies do really well or have massive appeal to people. He was a pretty interesting character just because of the fact that he most of, most serial killers have traditionally been not very attractive or they've had all kinds of like physical flaws to him. Bundy, of course, was good looking and he was he was actually good with women and he was engaged and dated several women and he and a lot you know of course he played off like sympathies uh, for women to lure him in, like wearing the fake cast and everything else like that. You hear all those stories about him. And then he tried to get into politics and then he was getting into law school. It was just like, he has just a bizarre, crazy history that makes him a really interesting character. He had this side of himself that was able to fit into society really well, but then he also had this maniac, narcissistic, dark side to himself, super evil side to himself, but he just didn't come off looking that way. He came, he, he assimilated into society on the outside so much more than so many of these people do. Um, so his famous quote was, we serial killers are your sons. We are your husbands. We are everywhere. And there will be more of your children dead to holy sh- tomorrow. Holy shit. That's fucking frightening. Um, but yeah, basically what that he was saying there is that what I take from that is he was saying that, Hey, we look all just like everybody else, and you're not going to know where we're coming from, or sometimes you won't be able to to see us coming your way. That's that's horrifying. Uh, let's move on from that. Okay, uh, Martyrs Lane. This one uh, came out Shutter September 9th. Leah Tan lives in a large vicarage. I don't know what the hell that is. Full of lost souls and the needy. In the day, the house is bustling with people. At night, it is dark, empty, a space for Leah's nightmares to creep into. A small nightly visitor brings Leah comfort. But soon she'll realize that her little visitor offers knowledge and may be very, very dangerous. So I don't know if this is like an imaginary friend or if it's a ghost or whatnot. But they show in the trailer, they show like uh, this girl that she's talking to, like hanging upside down like a bat. You know, like like you would if you were a human bat. Um, so I don't know if it's like a vampire thing. But it looks kind of... I haven't watched it yet. It looks interesting, but it didn't look interesting enough to get me to watch it right away because I don't know if it's going to be the same thing I've seen a million times over. So I'm kind of waiting on word of mouth on that one. Uh, Moving on to the Manson Brothers Midnight Zombie Massacre, which came out September 10th. After being relegated, the two fighting brothers signed up for a new game, but they didn't know that they need to stay in an arena to fight zombies. So this is like a pro wrestling thing. I didn't know there was pro wrestling, pro wrestlers called uh, the Manson Brothers. I used to watch uh, wrestling when I was younger, but the days of Hogan, Junkyard Dog, Roddy Roddy Piper, all that stuff. And I remember, like, my dad used to get pissed off at us for watching wrestling because the wrestlers in the interview would always um, try, <laughs> would always say offensive things and they'd spit on people and things like that. And he's like, these are terrible role models for you to be watching. But, yeah, so apparently uh, the Manson brothers are a wrestling team and they are fighting zombies in a ring. So something happens where they have to stay in the arena to fight zombies, but... If you're a pro wrestling fan, wrestling and zombies, that's kind of a no-brainer. So I don't know if I watched that, but if we're pro wrestling fans, definitely check that out. Pro wrestling and horror fans, that's a good, I mean, that's a good merge. It's a good cross-audience. I think that's a that's a pretty cool idea for an indie filmmaker to do is you have, take your pro wrestling stars, put them in a movie, make an indie horror movies with zombies, and then you sort of do like a, 
like a wrestling match on top of that. I think that's that's a great idea. Bad Candy is the next one. This came out September 10th on VOD. On Halloween night in New Salem, radio DJs Chili Billy, Corey Taylor, and Paul, Zach Galligan, tell a twisted anthology of terrifying local myths that lead to a grim end for small town residents. So this one, of course, the draw for me is, now Corey Taylor is from Slipknot, um, and Zach Galligan is from Gremlins. I've heard some Slipknot songs. I'm not like as big a fan of theirs, but I think they got some cool stuff. I like how they have like the melody with like the crazy metal. Uh, and they, they kind of like balance that pretty well. Oh, and RIP Jody Jordanson, who just passed away recently at the young age of 46. Damn. The draw for me for this is Zach Galligan. So if you're wondering whatever happened to Billy and Gremlins, he has gone. I've seen him in a bunch of other kind of indie horror movies. He was in um, Waxwork, which was which is one of my favorite ones. I watched that several times on cable TV. I really dug that movie. I, I think I've only seen the second one once. I can barely remember the second one. I think Bruce Campbell was in the second one. That's why I watched that one. But I'll have to go and take back and, and uh, take another look at the first Waxwork because it's been a while since I've seen that. But I've always liked uh, Zach Galligan. I've always wanted to see him in more stuff. Uh, so it's cool to see him in this one. When they add it to you know HBO Max or one of the other other ones, I would watch that just for him. Zach Galligan's character in Gremlins is one of the most likable main characters that I've ever seen in a movie. Probably because it had that Frank Capra quality to it. So the three movies that are that I'll be talking about next here are ones that I would check out when they are free on the streaming platforms. Like okay, so Bad Candy, I'd maybe pay like ninety nine cents, maybe dollar ninety nine for that one because it's got Zach Galligan in it. But these other ones. I'll check out some of them for free when they come out on the platforms. Uh, so the first one is Witches of Blackwood, which came out September 7th on DVD and digital. It's a supernatural thriller with a witchy theme starring Cassandra McGrath. Then you got It Came From Below, which came out September 7th digital. A group of friends find themselves hunted down in the caves by a creature from another world. Okay, so this looks like maybe this could be like the lower budget version of Descent. That's obviously what they're going for or something along those lines. The trailer that I saw from this, the creature is kind of cool looking. Uh, from what they showed of it, was actually kind of cool looking. As a movie itself, you know, I don't know if it's going to, where it's going to be compared to Descent. That would be very hard to match that movie uh, if there's nothing else to it, you know, if there's just people being hunted in the caves by a creature. Uh, Then we got Burial Ground Massacre, which came out September 3rd, which is about a group of college students who spend a night in an old, eerie manner, only to realize that a terrifying stalker is watching their every move as he begins plans to repossess an ancient Native American artifact located inside. Okay, this is another one. Okay. These three sound pretty generic, but they could go either way, depending, you know. It's it's all about, with, with ideas like these, it's about the execution more than describing what the movie is, more than the concept of the movie. Now, this one, of course, Burial Ground Massacre, what's the thing that separates this movie apart from the other ones? What's the big thing that would separate this movie apart from the other ones? It's got Michael Madsen. So... <laughs> I may go 99 cent rental for that one, just for that reason. So just to recap, the horror specials that I'm most interested in for September are, right at the top of the list, Prisoners of the Ghostland with Nick Cage, James Wan's Malignant, Creepshow Season 3, Elvira's 40th Anniversary, Very Scary, Very Scary Special, and Superhost, and of course those last three being on Shudder. Uh, so I think Shudder is worth getting just for the Joe Bob show, and also... Um, Creep show, but it also has a lot of other really cool horror stuff they add there on a frequent basis. And then after that, we have, in no particular order, 
Ted Bundy, American Boogeyman, Martyrs Lane, The Manson Brothers, Midnight Zombie Massacre, Bad Candy, Witches of Blackwood, It Came From Below, Burial Ground Massacre. Um, <laughs> so, now those last ones, of course, I haven't seen. Uh, but I think those kind of look like the most interesting. Or cur- out of curiosity's sake, just check out for the month of September. So anyways, I hope that was helpful. And I hope that you have a great rest of your week. And we'll be looking forward to talking to you again once Ted comes back. Thanks for listening. Radioactive.